return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. All right, did you bring your Bible today? Stand just for a second. Say it with me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. So over the last weeks, we've had uh, uh, several, you know, we have, uh, we started Pentecost Sunday sharing in the Holy Spirit and so forth. And uh, and then, of course, we have Memorial Day and the kids night out. We focus on the kids and Father's Day and then some more on the Holy Spirit. Today, we want to go some more on the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, Let me just mention also, we've got a great booklet here, Now What?, it's on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, uh, God wants to fill his people with the Holy Spirit. Amen. He wants to fill you. Now, there's a reason he does, and that's so he can use you. All right. We need power. We need more power. Now, we can have the witness of the Spirit being born again. That's wonderful. But just say more. Say there's more. We all need more. And, folks, it doesn't stop just with being baptized. You continually are filled and so forth. You walk in this place with God. So, so there's some booklets here. Uh, you can get, get one after the service. Also, uh, we have more in the office and so forth if you like one. Easy to read, but I tell you what, to practice that and to live it is very, very powerful. Now, let me just touch on a couple of things again. For, uh, John 16, 7, where Jesus said, I'll send the Holy Spirit to you. So, so uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, he's going to go away. When Jesus, he ascended to the Father, he sent back the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost poured out, and, and I will send him to you. So, so now when he comes, you have to receive him. Now, we're talking about a special thing here. Uh, not just being a Christian, but we're talking about being immersed in the Holy Spirit. You want to receive all that God has got. So, so many churches teach a little bit and so forth, but by and large, they want to put the brakes on of what God can and cannot do. I, want, I don't want brakes, amen. I, wanna, I want, let's be open to all that he wants to do, amen. Let's be open to the Holy Spirit, how he wants to work in your life. And again, he wants to do more in all of us than any of us have experienced, right? He wants to do more. John 17 then, Jesus said, the glory which I've received, I give to them. So, uh, 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 Jesus said, the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Now think about this. There's no limits, amen? He's given us glory. In other words, his presence. God gave, God the Father, Jesus was God manifested in the flesh, all right? Anointed with the Holy Spirit. But now even us, folks, we have that same glory, what I'm saying is, you might have think, well, I sure don't feel it. That's why we read the word, and then we position ourselves to receive it. If he says it, then I want to believe it. Amen? So Jesus, now these are Jesus' words, red letter. He said, the Father, the glory you gave me, addressing to the Father, I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one. So that we can walk around in, uh, with the power of Jesus, the anointing of Jesus Christ in our lives right now. Amen? Amen. That's, that's, a, that's a wonderful thing. So John 14, what happens when we start doing this? Jesus said with the Holy Spirit that, that uh, the works that I do, he will do also. So we can do what Jesus did. Amen? So think about what Jesus did. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do that. With the Holy Spirit's help, 
there's nothing, there, there are no limits. Now, what Jesus did, of course, was always about the kingdom, right? Always about the kingdom, the kingdom work and so forth. Heal the sick and cleanse people and so forth. Raise people up, delivered people. So, and greater works because not, not, because there's just more of us, right? So think about if all of us flowing in the Holy Ghost and we're ministering to people and so forth. Think of the impact on the community. Think of the impact on, on schools and so forth like that. Amen? See, many people look at someone and they just think, oh, that's too bad. They're destined to be forever in a wheelchair. They're destined forever they're de- to have cancer. Christians should never think that way. Just think, oh boy, here's an opportunity. Let's, let's pray. Let's appropriate our faith. Now, what many people do is they cancel it out because they, well, I've never seen that before. It doesn't happen normally. They start canceling it out. But don't, cancel, don't let your theology, your faith in God's word, be canceled by your experience or what somebody else's experience was. Amen. So you have to stretch your faith. If you don't stretch your limits, you set them. You set those limits and you think, well, this is who we are. And pretty, soon, pretty soon people are Pentecostal in name only. Yeah, we go to Pentecostal church. But their actions say they're nothing different than anybody else. So if you say you're Pentecostal, if you say you're spirit-filled, your life should be different. Amen? Amen. Amen? Because you're saying, I'm filled with God. I'm filled with God. If you're filled with God, folks, you're going to act different, talk different, live different. Amen? Amen? You're You're just filled with Jesus. It should impact everything in our life. See, it isn't a Sunday thing. It's a daily walk, right? So how I am on my job or how I am in my home, all these things get back to, if I say I'm spirit-filled, then there should be evidence, right? Right? If I'm at the gym with my grandkids and I'm spirit-filled, there should be evidence how I act, right? So these things, and then we get here, Jesus says, the works that I do, the works that I do. Now, he's still doing them. It's still him. He's still the healer. But now he's saying, saying, uh, uh, you can do those same things also. He said, whatever you ask in my name. What limits are there? Now, if you don't ever take notes, you know, you, you forget these messages, boom, just like that. You go have lunch, take a nap. Uh, what was shared this morning? I forget. It was really good. You know, a student, a disciple is a student. We're in the school of the Holy Spirit. As soon as you became a Christian, you're automatically enrolled. All right. Bingo. You're already enrolled. Oh, really? I am. Yeah. And so there's no limits to what you can learn in school. No limits to what you can do. Hallelujah. And the reason, of course, that God wants you to do things, John 15 then, is that this is how your father's glorified. John 15, that when the word is there, my father's glorified that's because you bear much fruit. Let's say evidence, amen? So if you have no fruit, God's not glorified. It's just, just how it is. So if... if, if uh, you're not living the life, not just talking a talk, living the life. He's not glorified. All right. Amen. OK, today. So it's something it's wonderful to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. Wonderful to have an encounter for powerful. Moment. Oh, wow. Wasn't that powerful? It's another thing to have a relationship. Many people have had an encounter. They've had an encounter with God, encounter with the Holy Spirit. Something's happened like, wow, that's just amazing. But God wants us to have a relationship. In other words, it should continue. There should be a maintaining of fire for your whole life. We got married to Pentecostal church. And when we got married, there was older people. We were all excited and so forth. We'd already gone overseas, different places in the world, reaching people and so forth. And there was older people that says, yeah, just wait a while. You know, when you, when you grow up, you'll cool off. Kind of like that's when you'll mature. And we actually looked at each other and we looked at them. And we thought, well, if that's if that's maturity, we don't want it. Amen. We don't want it. We made a decision then. We don't want lukewarmness. Amen. We don't want 
that sort of normalcy in that way. We made a decision to go a different direction. You have to maintain the fire. The fire is maintained by a continuous flow of oil. Right? You're not going to have any of that without a relationship. Your time in the Word, your time in praise, your time uh, uh, just, just fellowshipping with the Lord. Amen? 1 Corinthians 1.9 says we're called to the fellowship of his son. So not just to have an encounter with Jesus, you're, call, you're called to be with Jesus. Like John 15 said, to abide. What does abide mean? You live together. It's like you're married. Hallelujah. Well, married couple, we live together. We live in the same house. We, we sleep in the same bed. We talk to each other every day. We have a relationship. So we're called, God is faithful, you were called to the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ. Many people just have, they have they've had an encounter, they, they've known Jesus, but all week long they ignore Him. So in other words, people say, well, how do we ignore Him? Well, how can you hear His voice? The Word of God is the voice of God. You hearing, you're hearing words from me right now. All right, that's a voice. The Word of God is the voice of God. So if all week long you're doing something else, you're just ignoring Him, ignoring Him, and then all of a sudden you show up and like, oh, how I love you, Lord. And you say, wow, you do? You ignored me all week. Now, my wife went like that if I ignored her all week. Not going to be good for the relationship, right? Now, God is gracious and God is forgiving, but on the other hand, folks, you can't use Him like a 911 number. All of a sudden, oh, I need help, Lord. And just expect him like, oh, well, hmm, where were you yesterday? Where were you last month or last year or whatever? So it's a relationship, amen? You're called to the fellowship of his dear son, amen? What happens when you're in a relationship? You recognize his voice. You get familiar with his voice, right? So if I'm talking to my wife and we're talking on the phone, I recognize her voice or whatever, you, you begin to have this this association, this relationship, it's a good thing. Now, in the Gospel of John, we're going to talk about the leading of the Holy Spirit here, but the Gospel of John 14, then, he says that the Helper, the Holy Spirit, who will, he'll send him in my name, he'll teach you all things. So the Holy Spirit is talking. All right, there's a classroom. You're in the school of the Holy Spirit. He's talking. Now, think about this. What if you were in a college class and you never showed up for class? Many times over the years, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to students and so forth, college students, and I say, do you want to be successful? Of course, everybody does. And I just say, go to class. Go to class. Sounds kind of elementary, doesn't it? But if you didn't go to class, and you missed the lecture, and you missed the assignments and so forth, you're not going to know what's going on, right? Not going to get a good grade. Elementary, but very, very profound. You have to go to class. So... So the Holy Spirit is teaching. There's a class going all the time, folks. Every day, every night, every morning, there's a class going. And the Holy Spirit is the professor there. The Holy Spirit is, is telling us things, right? Now, he'll bring to our remembrance things that he said he's, to the disciples, things that he said. Now, now, we have a book full of his word. Amen. I love, I love prophetic words, but you have a book full of prophetic words. If you take the Bible, New Testament in particular, you will have prophetic words all the time in here. God speaking to your heart. And then you have to appropriate faith and say, yes, I received that. And you can write a date on July 11th. I got a word right there in the Gospel of John. So the Holy Spirit is teaching, he's, he's an instructor, and he's teaching us what? He's teaching us things Jesus said. Now, he's not teaching kooky things. See, that's kind of where a lot of denominations, they want to rein in things and so forth and, and hold the Holy Spirit tight because they don't want anything kooky. Folks, the Holy Spirit doesn't do kooky things. He does good things. He glorifies Jesus. It might be different than what we're used to, but it'll still be glorifying Jesus Christ. And it'll still involve the Word of God. Amen? John 16, then, the Holy Spirit will guide us. He'll lead us. All right? He'll guide you into all truth. Now, what is truth? Truth is the Word of God, right? 
Truth is the Word of God. He's going to guide you. See, people think, I just want to hear from the Lord. I just want to hear from the Lord. And I say, uh, did you have a Bible study this morning? Oh, no, no, no. But I want to hear from the Lord. But I want to encourage you, when you want to hear from the Lord, I'd, I'd be sitting down to the Bible. People say, I'm really busy. Then get up an hour earlier. This is not rocket science. It's not, everybody's busy, folks. I'm busy. I got all kinds of things going on. I have notes throughout the whole day, organizing my day, and so forth, to maximize my day. But one thing I'm not going to admit is my time with Jesus. Right? Jesus, many times, busy. He'd be up early in the morning, disciples. Oh, where, where's he at? Oh, he's out praying. He's out seeking the face of the Father. So the Holy Spirit will guide you, not just to a little bit, in everything you need to know. Say everything. Everything Everything you need to know about your life, what's going on in your life, your job, your future, your family. Everything that pertains to you, the Holy Spirit, is involved in that. People treat him like, oh, he's just, he's just involved in, say, the miracles thing. No, he's involved in everything you're doing in your life. He's in you. The Holy Spirit will guide you using Scripture, using prophetic things, not speaking on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Amen? Amen? Who's, who's Father, Son, the Holy Spirit? Right? So he's speaking the things right from the throne. Now notice this last verse. He will tell you things to come. You should underline that. John 16, verse 13. What is that? That is a prophetic word. Monday's not here yet. But how many of you know God has already been to your tomorrow? He's the Alpha and Omega. He's wrote Genesis and Revelation. He's already been to your tomorrow. He's already got things planned for you. And I'm talking about good plans, not bad things. So he will tell you things to come. It's a prophetic word. Should underline that. So what should you be thinking then? You should be thinking about this. Amen? So that you're, you're, tuning, you're, 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 you're training your spirit to hear his voice. Tell you things to come. Verse 14 and 15 of John 16. That the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. Real important here. Holy Spirit's not glorifying your ministry. He's not glorifying churches. He's not glorifying a movement. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus Christ. It's really, it's anything that happens. So, so you pray for something. What if something, boom, remarkable happened? What if all the neighbors ran to your door, pray, pray for me, and all of a sudden you have this ego like, wow, I've got the power and... Where does it come from? It comes from Jesus, right? The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus Christ. Sounds pretty simple, right? But again, that's an understanding of things because as, as God moves stronger and stronger in your life doing greater things, the temptation is to think, well, I, that's, I'm, I'm really something. We're just people. You see this, you see this even in, in, uh, Meetings and so forth. There can be the big name speaker and everything. Oh, I want to go see the big name speaker, you know. Because they're really something. No, they're just a person listening to the voice of the Lord. Amen? Just a person listening to the voice of the Lord. And you can find people, their, their affections almost get misplaced. Because now they're such a respect to persons, they're missing out. Maybe God wants to speak through somebody else who's not notable... But here is a very powerful word. So the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. Now the Holy Spirit will take what is Jesus and he'll declare it to you. So he's going to declare rhema words to you and I. Living words. Most of the body, let's let's put it, let's forget the body of Christ. Let's talk about spirit-filled churches. Most of the spirit-filled churches, just they're scratching the surface, including ours. Right here. All right? People come here and so forth. But see, I know people all week long doing other things, not in the Bible, not listening and so forth. But yet, part of the church. Yeah, great, great. Hallelujah. But the point is, like for us, all our lives, we're teaching people to win. 
Teaching people to go higher. Teaching people to be more effective for Jesus Christ. So, so he'll take what is Jesus. He'll declare rhema words to you and I. All that the Father has are mine. Therefore, he says, I'll take of mine and declare it to you. What is this saying? All things that the Father has are mine. There's no limits. There are no limits. Turn to your neighbor and say, no limits. No limits. So we want to be led by the Holy Spirit. He reveals the things of God. Amen? We saw that in 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 2. Remember 1 Corinthians 2 when people say, uh, verse 9, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, you got that? Okay. Eyes not seen, nor ears heard, nor has entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. And this is quoted, of course, it's scripture, Old Testament reference. But, but people, Christians, many times declare it as if God is a mystery and we just don't understand and don't understand what's going on. And they always have to always have to say, next verse, please. Because <laughs> what? The Holy Spirit does what? Reveals these things that people have never seen, never heard, don't understand. The Holy Spirit, God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. I want you to know it's revealed as past tense. It's as far as you want to go. So the things that no one has seen, no one has heard, hasn't even entered the heart of man, so forth. God is saying, hey, I've already revealed them. In other words, already out there in a lecture. If you go to a class, there's different levels and classes that you can go and go and go. But folks, in Christ, there's no end to learning. There's no end to experiencing the goodness of God. There's not an end. It's not like you graduate, got it done, know it all now, seen it all. No, no, no. No end to what the Lord will do through a heart that's yielded to Him. So, so He says, God revealed them to us through His Spirit. So I think, well, boy, Lord, I want to get in that next class now. Listen, so forth. I want to take another step now. I want to keep moving forward. Amen? The Spirit searches everything. All the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit does that. And if the Holy Spirit does that, you know what He's doing? He's telling us things. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Holy Spirit's talking to you. The Holy Spirit is talking to you and I. Amen? Now, if you were in a college class, hearing God's voice, right? The student, the student, if you're in the class, the student has to show up for the class. If he doesn't show up for the class, he doesn't hear anything from the class. We're not talking about online stuff. We're talking about here, interacting right here, right? The teacher is not going to run after the student. So every year, there's handfuls of students at SDSU that drop out, flunk out, quit school, and so forth. And the teachers will let them go because they paid their fees and I got paid, so I'm not worried about it. And they're not worried about it. They're not knocking on the dorm door. Uh, hey, where are you at? I missed you. Right? The teacher isn't in the class, in the classroom. You know, what happens if the professor's talking? How do you know it's good to pay attention, right? Good to pay attention? The professor's not in the class like, here's someone, uh, oh, a back row, you know, their head's down. He's not going to yell at them. Hey, wake up. You shouldn't have been out so late last night. You shouldn't have been doing that. No, he has the class. Class is closed. People, oh, people get up, walk out. And it all comes down to a choice. Say choice. God bless you for being here today. God bless you for those joining us by Facebook Live or YouTube and you know, we pray blessings on your homes, your ministry, your families, in Jesus' name. You can always share this message, pass it on to others. Amen. God is for you, not against you. He's got good plans for you. So the Holy Spirit is always speaking. And He's not going to shout. He's not going to run after you. He's not going to beg you. He's not going to plead you. And you can, Christians can walk away, ignore God. Can they go to heaven? Of course they can go to heaven. But they can live like everybody else in the world. i got so many problems and this isn't going good. And that isn't going good. You can live like anybody else in the world or you can live on Victory Street. I believe in living on Victory Street. 
We've always said, why live on Grumble Alley when you can live on Victory Lane? It's a choice where you want to camp. Does it mean we don't have problems? No, folks, I've had a lot of problems. We faced issues in our lives, health issues and so forth, and cancer and all the things like that. No, no, it just means God is bigger, though. He's bigger than the things of life. Donna is still here because she's an overcomer. She's learned to overcome adversity. The Holy Spirit will help us. Amen. But you have to show up for class. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't sleep in. <laughs> don't sleep in. Folks, it's, you're already enrolled. The price has been paid through the blood of Jesus. Everything is available to you and I. And it's only the deep things of God are out there. It's just a matter of us listening to the Lord. Positioning ourselves to be taught. I want to say again, like every year we give Bible reading schedules, but it's not complicated to sit down, making time to be in the presence of the Lord. Everybody can hear this. My children can hear this. Others can hear this. Pastors can hear this. People get busy. They're doing the work of the gospel. You know you have to have time for Jesus. You have to have time to be in the Word. And when you do, you know what? You're going to hear a voice. Hallelujah. You're going to hear a voice. Now, 1 Kings chapter 19. We love things that are dramatic. You know what I mean? Like, wow, it's just dramatic, powerful, you know, very clear. Signs, wonders, miracles. Woo! But most of the time, the Lord is speaking quietly. Most of the time, he's speaking quietly. Elijah runs to the cave, says, I've been zealous, and so on and so forth. And they've killed your prophets. I'm the only one left here. Da, 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 pity party, and so on and so forth. Go to the next verses. The next verses talks about the wind, the fire, the earthquake, and so forth. So, Lord, there's a, there's a strong wind. The rocks are broken, but the Lord is not in the wind. It's an earthquake. But the Lord's not in the earthquake. There's a fire, but the Lord is not in the fire. And after the fire, there's a still, small voice. Amen. Dramatic is nice. But listen now, most of the time in your life, you're going to get up tomorrow morning, quiet, listen for a voice. Sometimes people say, well, we've got kids, we've got little kids. And we've had kids. So what does that mean? I get up before the kids do. Well, I'm really tired. That means you go to bed. Well, that was quiet. It's like, it's like we watch our grandkids. When do you have kids? Normally when you're young, right? So we're watching grandkids. Papa's tired. They're going to bed. Where's Papa going? Papa's going to bed too. Early. Because I'm going to beat him up. I'm not beat him up. I'm going to get up earlier in the morning, right? <laughs> I'm going to rise before they do. There we go. So I'm going to get up early. Say early. People act like, you know, well, I'm just not an early morning person. Folks, you have Christ in you. Amen. Don't be tied to what you think your nature is. You can do anything. Amen. Anything. You tell your body what you want it to do. We go around the world, we're in a totally different time zone. People get daylight savings time. It's just so different, daylight savings time. It's like, gag, ah. You're one hour's difference and this shook your whole world? Boy, you got a problem. And I'm serious, you got a problem. If that shakes your world as Christians, come on now. Not a big deal. All right here. How do you want to focus on things? So I prepare myself for a blessing. Amen. So that I can hear his voice. So we have all the dramatic here. You've got, you've got the wind, you've got the earthquake, you've got, you got the fire and so forth. But then you have the still small voice. Then you have like the whisper. What did the whisper say in the next verse? The Lord basically said, what are you doing here? Hear that? What are you, what are you doing here? Uh, well, I thought I was serving you, and so the Lord said, no, 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 I want you to, 
You're not the only one. Don't have a pity party here. If you focus, you know, the more I get in the time of the Lord and I, and folks, and I can be having a bad day and I get in the presence of the Lord and I realize I don't have any problems. You know, you look at the scripture and you look at the word of God. I look at the things they face in the Bible. and I don't have a problem. You get a perspective. You get this voice like, hey, 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 what are you doing here? You need to have a pity party. I'm not coming to that. <laughs> Lord's not showing up for the pity party. What are you doing here? Go on. Go on. Go move. Amen. Isaiah 30, verse 21, you know, just says that you can hear his voice. And you'll turn to the right or the left. Your, your ears will hear a voice behind you. This is the way walk in it. So it's just like the Lord whispering in your ear. Amen? Amen. Whispering in your ear. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way I want you to go. Now, I love it. Mason, let me borrow you for a second. So if I was going to help lead Mason... It would be easy if I was saying, this is where we're going, Mason. We're going this way. Well, that would be real easy, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or we'd like it if he just pushes us. You're going this way, Mason. You're going this way. This, this is what direction you're going to go. We'd love that, wouldn't we? Yeah. If he pushed us or if he was pulling us. And he does lead us at times, right? Yeah. Bible says in Hebrews, he led him out of the wilderness. He led him by the hand. All right. So sometimes the Lord, who is so great, say, let me take your hand, Dave. Mason, let me take your hand. And he'll lead us. But many times, it's just the still, small voice. Now, how many of you know, stay right there, Mason. Roll up your sleeve a second. Roll up both sleeves. I'm going to use There you go. Roll up the other sleeve, too. Now, the dove. How many know something just really soft? So, Mason, put up your arms a second, like you're just surrendering. Put them all the way up here, just surrendering. And then how many know, now, you just look at, you tell me, you tell me when you feel something, all right? You just tell me when you feel something. You tell me if it's the right arm or the left arm, okay? Feel something in your right arm? Okay. Tell me again, if you feel something. Your left arm? Is it heavy? Is it light? Is it soft? Yeah? Right? So, so we love the dramatic. But folks, if you just listen, he's touching you. See, what, ha- what has to happen though? You have to become sensitive, right? Because if all we're interested in, all the loud, all the things like that, then we miss something that is very, very soft. It's like all the people following Jesus, and then Jesus, the woman with the issue of blood, bumps or touches Jesus with faith, and, and all of a sudden Jesus says, Hey, somebody touch me. And and the disciples say, How can you say that? Everybody's bumping into us. We're jostled in the crowd as they're trying to go through the crowd, they're jostled to get away, and the disciples are clearing the way. And now you say, Somebody touched me. How does he know that? How does he know that? Because in the middle of the crowd, he has a sensitivity. Oh, wait, somebody touched me. In the middle of the crowd, it's like, oh, no, no. they didn't bump into me. They touched me with faith. And he stops, wait, wait, somebody touched me. And he looks around, and the woman, I'm sure they had eye contact. She falls to the ground because she wasn't supposed to be out there bleeding. All right? Not supposed to, it was impure. Not a, not a holy situation. Right? And she's down on the ground. And Jesus looks at her. And she said, touch me in faith, you're healed. And the blood dried up from that moment and she was totally made whole. And it's all because in the middle of that commotion, Jesus could feel the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. Oh, wait, wait, somebody touch me. You could be any place. You could be on your job working around noisy machines. So, oh, wait, thank you, Lord. Some, some touch. You feel a touch. Say sensitive. Put put your finger put your finger on your hand right now. Just just a finger in your hand and touch it as light as you possibly could. Maybe just touching the hairs. Just do that. Sensitive. You know one of the most 
amazing organs in your body is your skin. Thanks, Mason. One of the most amazing things is your skin, the sensitivity of your skin, the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. Now, most Christians, they hear God when all of a sudden, whoa, something really happened today. Folks, something's happening every day. Every day, God is moving. Every day, something's happening. People say, I want to live in revival. Go ahead. Start living it. People, people pray. They pray for revival. We want a revival in our church. Just start living it. Folks, we're in revival. We just live it. We have a fun house. Things are nice. Hallelujah. Because of Jesus. All because of a relationship with Jesus. Say Jesus. You can be in revival all the time. You can be sensitive to the Holy Spirit all the time. We were walking through the airport, Minneapolis airport, and walking along, and all of a sudden, Jeannie's hand goes that way, and I stopped. She said, I think I've got a word for this guy over here. And I'm thinking, what? She said, no, I think I've got a word for this guy. So I'm, she goes over, there's a guy sitting there and so forth, and uh, he's you know, got his uh, phone or tablet or something. And Jeannie says, you know, I just want to... And she started to give him a prophetic word. And as she gave him the prophetic word, the guy's eyes was like this. And he said, amen. He said, amen. She said some more. And she said, he said, amen. Sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. You can be so busy. And that's the tool of the devil. People talk about, well, you don't want to be idle. I understand that, but you also don't want to be so busy. You don't have time to feel the touch of the Holy Spirit. Wait, wait, wait. Stop, Dave. Stop, Dave. Stop, stop. And sometimes you don't even know why you're stopping. You're just stopping. You're looking around. Oh, oh, there's an opportunity that's right there that you could pass by. Holy Spirit will nudge, sometimes just a voice, in your ears. Notice, it's in your ears. Hey! Hey! Just a a voice in your ears. Hey, hey, hey. This is the way. Now, what is he probably saying? He says, you're going the wrong way. We can go the wrong way all the time. We're down a path. It's a dead end, but not a good path. All right? The ways of man, you know, the paths of just men lead to death, but the paths of God lead to righteousness. And so, so this is the way. No, walk this way. He didn't say run. He just said, I want you to walk this way. I can't ever picture Jesus running. See him walking, though. And sometimes he walked fast. He was ahead of the disciples. So they were trying to keep up. But listen to the nudges of the Holy Spirit becoming sensitive Folks, this is stuff I practice all the time because, you know, I have been sensitive, but most of the time I'm, I don't feel anything, you know, or becoming sensitive. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do this. How do you become sensitive to the voice of the Lord? By being with the Lord. Right? The more you're with the Lord, the more you know the Bible, the freer you can become. The more you know the Bible, actually, the safer you are then in the Holy Spirit. All right, let's look at let's look at an example. We'll close here. Acts chapter eight. So the Lord, the Lord comes and he speaks to Philip. Now, Philip's been in the great revival down in Samaria. Remember, Philip was one of the guys serving tables and so forth. And that just started with the serving table ministry, meals on wheels, so to speak, and Feeding the hungry and, and uh, the anointing of God and people were healed. And then the church is scattered and they comes down to Samaria preaching Christ. And there's great joy in that city and demons leave people and sick bodies are healed and wonderful things happen. Hallelujah. And then Peter and John come to pray for them for the Holy Spirit. Kind of like another level of ministry. And at that point, Philip felt released. And the angel said, hey, I want you to go south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, to the desert. Now, in the natural, what? so, so he's in this revival, all these things happening, and all of a sudden the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit, like, okay, you're done here now. 
and he directs him down a road that's desert. It looks dead. Like, why on earth? Get behind me, Satan. I'm not following that, not doing that. But he's sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He's sensitive to what God wants him to do. Amen? Amen. Just, just to leave the revival. Revival's still going on. Great things happening. And so Philip is like saying his goodbyes, and he heads down the road. Desert. Let's look at the next verses there, in verses 27, 28. So he comes to a place, and, and there's a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship and is returning. Now, it gives this little bit here like this. However, it's not like he knew this. It's not a billboard on the camel train. So he's on the road, the desert road. And he sees a camel train coming. And, and in this camel train, of course, there's people. This is very prominent, very prosperous, and so forth. He's is with charge of the queen of the Ethiopians. So you've got a, you've got a huge entourage here going on. And so, so Philip's just listening to the Lord. He's, he's watching this and so forth. And what does the Lord say? He didn't, he didn't question people. He didn't say, what's going on here? Hey, I, I just want to witness to everybody and tell you all about Jesus. And No, he didn't do that. He's watching. He's watching. He's listening. Sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He felt like God led him in that direction. Now, folks, what do you do? You have to test the Spirit, right? God led me in this direction. And what is the Lord saying? He said he was returning, and this man was reading in his chair at the Isaiah the prophet. Now go to the next verses. And it says then, the Spirit says to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip, unbeknownst to the greatness of this Ethiopian, but I want you to be clear to see that he said this chariot. This particular chariot, this is the one where the man is reading Isaiah. This is the one I want you to go to. So this is going by. Now understand, there's dust in the air. There's noise. There's things going on and so forth. And, and he's listening to the Lord. He says, this chariot. Say, this chariot. And notice what it says, overtake it. In other words, it passes by. And he's thinking, wait a minute. And the Lord says, that chariot. And he runs back or runs forward to that chariot. And here's the Ethiopian reading Isaiah. Now, what is he doing? He's listening to the voice of the Lord. He's sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Now, folks, all through the Bible, you can read things and say, Oh, boy, that's pretty neat. Boy, that was really great. What are we having for lunch? Boy, I really like that and so forth. I'm busy this afternoon. And then you, you read and so forth, but not think what's really happening in the situation. So he overtakes the chariot, and they begin talking. And Philip heard him then reading the prophet Isaiah. So what happens? He probably said, hey, can I get a lift? And he gets into that chariot. And then as he sits down in that chariot, then he hears him reading. See, it wasn't like boom, 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 boom. It's all happy. He got saved. Woo! Wonderful. Got translated. Wow, that was great. Think about it. So he runs, runs to the chariot. Chariot goes away. He overtakes. Can I get a lift? He jumps up in the chariot. The guy's reading then Isaiah. God said, this chariot. Test, test the spirit. Okay, you, you, say, you think, the Lord is speaking to me about something. Okay, test it. Test it. See if he is. What does it mean to test it? It means, well, let's, let's walk through the door. Let's see if it's real. Let's see what God is doing. Amen? Keep your attention. Hey, look at me here a second. Don't allow things to distract you. Okay? Just, just look at me right here. You know what I like? I like, I like coaching. I like things like that. So think about this. You've got a big game. And you've got maybe thousands of people. Maybe it's a couple hundred people. But they're yelling. They're cheering. You're coming down to the end, the end of the game. And there's a timeout with 10 seconds left. All right, and the coach, coach is in the huddle, and he's doing what? He's telling them what the last play is going to be, right? Yeah. And what, is, what are all the athletes doing? 
They're not watching the cheerleaders. Oh, boy, she's, she looks nice. Wow, what a cheer. Like the band. Boy, the pep band's doing great today. No, 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 no. That person's not going to play. That person's not going to play, right? No, no. Everybody's in this huddle. The coach is drawing up the plan, and they're all looking this way. The guy gets fouled in the free throw. There's focus, folks. Now, this is what you teach yourself. Discipline yourself. Surprising how many people sit, sit down and read the Bible and say, Oh, I think I go to do something in the kitchen. Oh, I think I better go over here. Distractions. It's like the guy then, he's fouled. No time on the clock, but he's got a free throw to make. Free throw to make. And he makes it, he ties the game, he makes both of them, he wins the game. Behind the basket, all kinds of commotion. I've been in these atmospheres. All kinds of commotion. They're just, <laughs> you know, you're playing on their court. And what's, what does the athlete do? What do you focus on? He's looking at the rim. He's not thinking, oh, good Lord, look at all those people. Can't focus. But what's their point? Their intent is to distract them, right? With noise and actions. And so he dribbles the ball. He takes it. It could be anything going on. He takes a shot. And he makes it. Focus. Focus. Philip focused. Amongst the commotion of the camel train, this chariot ran after it, got into it. Here's about, here's about what the Lord is saying to this Ethiopian. Here's the Spirit's voice. And, of course, leads him to the Lord. And they stopped. The, the Ethiopian has a lot of authority. Stop the, hey, stop the train here. There's water. Can I be baptized? He said, absolutely. He goes down and he's baptized. And he's caught away. And they find him. What's the next verses I think they have down there? They find him. He's down at, is it Azotus? He's caught away. The eunuch from the eunuch. The eunuch goes on his way rejoicing. Philip said Azotus. Passing through, he preached in all the cities t- till he came to Caesarea. If this was an American... An American church today, charismatic church, they'd have conferences talking about, I got translated. I really something. <laughs> I'm spiritual. I got caught away. People are like, whoa, why I got caught away? Isn't that amazing? They missed the point. The big deal is not being caught away. Translated. Folks, we've sat with, we've sat with leaders talking about being translated and they found themselves in another country and I'm thinking, oh, can I get another cup of coffee here? All about them, all about their life and their, their things. God did it and what did Philip do? He went and preached the gospel. He didn't write a book. He didn't get on the campaign trail and tell everybody. He wrote a book. Or he didn't write a book. He went and preached the gospel. And the Holy Ghost put it in the book. Sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I'm sure he found himself on Azotus like, wow, that was interesting. I was just in water and now I'm here. And I thought, what's he going to do? Sensitive to the Holy Spirit and goes and preaches the gospel. Okay, quickly, we'll close. John, John, 1 John 4, 1, test the Spirit. Say test. Remember, it is a Holy Spirit. Anything the Holy Spirit is doing is Holy. Anything the Holy Spirit is wonderful. It can stand in the light of the gospel. It can stand under the scrutiny of anything. Don't believe everything. Test it. If it's of God, hallelujah. If it's not of God, then you listen to a voice that says, not this way. Go the other way. Change course. Because sometimes people, they don't want to make a mistake. I understand that. So they're so concerned. But, you know, we, we have to be willing to take a step. Maybe I make a mistake, but then I realize, oh, wrong way. Okay, we'll go back this way. Test the Spirit. See if it's of God. And He'll direct you. He'll keep directing you. Amen? We'll talk more about this next week. But, folks, listen. Put your hands out here like this. Father, help us to be more sensitive to your voice of the Holy Spirit. To hear what you're saying, what you're saying, what to do, directions to take. 
Lord, help each one of us. I thank you in us, Lord. You live in us that you're speaking to each one of us, Lord, on a daily basis. Just normal, daily things. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that we can hear your voice. Hear your voice. To do your works, Father. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. The Holy Spirit might say something like, Hey, Buy your wife a gift. <laughs> Might say, buy your wife flowers. Well, it's not her birthday. That's just it. That's the point. Not her birthday. Why? Because God's in marriages. The Holy Spirit might say, hey, hey, you, you have your kids helped in the yard or whatever. Go get them an ice cream cone. Amen. The Holy Spirit might say, bless your children. Holy Spirit might say, hey, This Friday is a good day to go to the swimming pool. See, people act like, oh, I don't don't think God's in all that. Absolutely, he's in all that. He's in blessing marriages, blessing families. Amen? Amen. He's in all those things like that. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes into our life and they realize, boy. See, the grandkids think, boy, Papa and Nani, they're really fun. Like I found a fun drink the other day at, at Sam's Club, and I thought, never had it before, but I found a fun drink. And then I showed it to the grandkids, like their eyes were, ooh, I like it. And it's like, Papa has fun drinks, you know. You know, things that, that life becomes enjoyable. Why? Because he's in our lives. Christians should be fun. People looked at fundamental. No fun, kind of dumb, half mental. No, no. Christians should be fun. Have fun. Christians should have some fun. Say fun. That's part of life. Enjoying life. Enjoying the journey. You know, sometimes people wait all their life to retire. They work and work and they do all these things. Have grouch and so forth. And then they finally retire. And then what? Well, then... Maybe things don't go their way. You've got to enjoy life now. Say now. now. Enjoy life right now. Enjoy the moment. Amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is for you. <laughs> so we want to bless you today in the name of Jesus. Because that's what God is doing. He's blessing you today in Jesus' name. You're in the school of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk some more about this. But you're in the school of the Holy Spirit. He's got great things aimed at you, and even tonight will be a fun night. Amen? This will be a fun week. Plan to have fun. Amen? Remember the books on the Holy Spirit. we got some here. There's more in the office. If you're interested in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you haven't been, you should be. Amen? Or if you just want some more stuff to read, this is good stuff. Amen? But we bless you in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.